Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. Hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. Today's episode, we have an amazing episode. Uh, for those of you who are not in the HVAC, you don't give a care about indoor air quality, what you're breathing. Uh, you could care less if your inside of your house is clean or dirty. You could skip to the next episode. But this, today, we're going to talk about um, how to keep yourself uh, safe. Uh, breathe clean air and provide clients with with uh, healthy breathing and uh, doing it the right way and the ashtray way and uh, kind of taking some of that snake oil salesman pitch type thing out of the equation. Uh, I'm super honored. And I'm super excited. Uh, and I don't know if I, I said this at the beginning. My name is Tersh. I'm the host of the Service Business Mastery Podcast. Uh, I get so excited about who's on the show that I sometimes forget to say that. Uh, but today we have Mark and Tom both from April Air and uh, I'm super excited. If Guys, if you would, wouldn't mind, uh, introduce yourself and give a little brief history about yourself and, and, and how long you've been in the industry and, and what kind of stuff you, you do there. I'll start out real quick and let you take it from here, Mark. Uh, Tom Rusin, Marketing at April Air. Been with the company for about 16 years and um, happy to be here. And uh, my name is Mark Marquillo. I'm the national sales trainer for April Air, and I've been with them for about uh, 12 years now. And uh, I, I just have a really cool job, you guys. I get to travel around the country and work with probably the most successful, best contractors in America and in Canada. And man, oh man, I learn a lot about how successful contractors are successful. And then I'll be honest with you, I take those ideas and I share them with other people and I pretend that they're mine. So people like me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is it's so funny because uh, people even listen to this podcast and they're like, why are you share? Why do you share all this information? Like, aren't you afraid someone's going to steal it and use it? It's like, well, implementation is key. Like you need to make sure you're actually implementing the stuff that's shared on these podcasts. And that's, uh, we can, we can fill ourselves, I can fill our heads with knowledge, but then we get, once you put pen to paper and actually get the, the work rolling, uh, that's whenever you, it really shows if, if you pay attention or not. Uh, but today on today's episode, I'd really like for you to, I come out the, let's come out the, the, the gate swinging to say, so to say, uh, right now it's, uh, April 22nd. We're in the middle of this pandemic, hopefully towards the end of this pandemic with the, the COVID-19, uh, we're pretty much in like a household lockdown. We're considered essential employees so we can go out and about and do what we need to, but still, um, we're having to be very careful with what we go, have going on. Uh, with that being said, uh, can I use, can, can I, can I, okay. <laughs> This might sound facetious. Can I skip using an April Air whole house air filter and just put in a dual ionizer or just a UV light and be just fine with it? Well, I mean, you could, but it's like baking a cake with half the ingredients. I mean, it's going <laughs> to sort of be okay. Um, it might no. not cave in. <laughs> exactly. No, no. If you're if you're using you know ultraviolet germicidal stuff and PCO products, they're great products. And don't stop using them, but remember, they're, they're specific for one specific need. They're really good at killing viruses and bacteria that have pretty much attached themselves to somewhere inside of that air handler, you know, typically the coil. But what I would point out that is if you threw a MERV 16 filter before it, 96% of that crud would never make it to the coil in the first place. So um, we've said this for, you know, the CDC, 
the CDC has said that um, ultraviolet germicidal radiation and PCO products can be used as an adjunct air cleaning device, but it can't replace air cleaning. So some contractors are putting in one half, but why wouldn't you tell the customer about both halves? Because both halves together, that's solid. That's a solid solution. Yeah, and we did. We talked a little bit about about it offline uh, about the technicians not wanting to sell it because then they'd have to. Well, so here we have a lot of horizontals in attics, so it's not terrible here. But in Florida and a little bit, we see a garage unit where it's an upflow in a garage. So you then you have to rebuild the the supply transition or cut it and lift it up and slide under and make all that. So we've talked a little bit about that and the technicians just purely being lazy and not wanting to sell it. But other than that aspect of it, do you find a reason why somebody wouldn't want to install the five inch filter? No, no, there's no logical reason why anybody wouldn't want to do that. Hey, and look, you're you're right, Tersh. There are a lot of guys where the installers are like, look, we don't want to do this. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes the inmates are running the asylum. They're telling the owner what they want to do. But what a lot of guys don't know is instead of moving the drop and rebuilding everything, you could just take an air cleaner that you could move the top of and leave the drop solid. A lot of guys don't know we make those easy install air cleaners where you slice off the drop, you slide in the air cleaner, you move the top over, and you're done. It literally can be done in the same amount of time as putting in a drill in a hole and shoving a UV light in there. So we have retrofit air cleaners that can take somebody from a horrible Merv 8, you know, one inch piece of junk mm-hmm. up to a Merv 16 in a, in a half an hour. So there's a lot of options if guys just look for them. Now, what about, are, is the one that you're talking about, is that the one that lays in where the normal one inch filter goes? Or is that a different kit? Is that? No, you, there- you, would t- you would think of it as a right angle or a left angle air cleaner. Okay. So that's the one where you just slice off, you take the cleats off, you shove that, you take that out, and then you slide the air cleaner in and you move the top of the air cleaner over instead of moving the drop or putting a buffalo boot, because that's a pain in the ass and everybody knows that. (laughs) But this is a lot easier way of getting it to the homeowner, because let's face it, man, they deserve it. And and we don't do it because we're lazy. Somebody needs to kick us in the butt. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So what about if you use something like a, a something that causes your your um, dust particles and everything to clump together? We're going to if you use something like that and you're starting to accumulate more dust in the home because of the fact how do we get that dust into the air filter? Like is it is is there something that is being missed there or uh is it that there the filter's not the proper filter's not in place so then it's still spreading it it's like sucking it in spreading it out uh i just see like back when we first started putting in the train clean effects mm-hmm. uh, this is way back when they first were introduced uh we were we were upselling a train clean effects and then the the client was complaining now I have to dust three times a week versus before I'd never had to dust before. And it's because they, you know, they positively and negatively attract to each other and the dust particles, and then they get heavy and they fall down as dust particles. So you're not breathing it in anymore, which is good, but at the same time you're creating more dust. But then the filtration portion of the clean effects, I personally didn't feel like it was as good as like an April air filter. 
but I didn't know, I don't have any science to back that up other than just like a gut feeling. Is that true or is that? No, no, you, you were totally right. You know, we did a study, uh, Tom, what was that, about 10 years ago, and we took all the leading EACs. It was the train, the Honeywell, the Carrier, the April Air. The train actually was right out of the box, was phenomenal. But you have to remember something. With an EAC, it's using metal plates or metal pins. Remember the little pins on the train? Yeah, you have and, to take, it, take a styrofoam. and Yeah, and then you have to get a blood thing. transfusion after <laughs> yeah. you but the issue with those is once the particulate adhered to that metal, it no longer was functional. So the problem is it would fill up really, really quick, and then the stuff would just go flying right through it. Okay. That's where April Air really jumped the, jumped the game and made that Model 5000 that had a filter material that the backside was painted with metal paint. So it would actually hold it in a filter so you could throw the filter away and start again. So EACs, if you clean them every two days, they were wonderful products, but um, technology is so advanced now. Now the MERV 16 filters that we make mm -hmm. have ridiculously low pressure drop. They catch 96% of you know, COVID-19, mm -hmm. and you throw them out after six months. And, and the pressure drop is so low now that, that that's the answer. Okay, so and, and those with those we're still able to do it six months uh, intervals on most most circumstances. I know that every house is different, but yeah, no, but typically um, with our MERV eleven and our MERV thirteen filters, it's once a year. With our MERV thirteen carbon, which is the one that takes out the smells, and the MERV sixteen, it's twice a year because you get a little bit more pressure drop on a sixteen. But when people look at the pressure drop numbers on this April Air MERV sixteen, it's ridiculous. It's like 0.21 or 0.22 on a uh, three-ton system, which is yeah, that's crazy, ridiculously low. Yeah, yeah, especially for a MERV 16. And, and that will that filter fit into the regular the housing, or is it does it have its own housing? That's four well, you, like others. Yeah. yeah, you can buy them in their own housing, but you can buy them as standalone filters and upgrade all of the 20 by 25s and the 16 by 25s that are out there. So that's the nice thing about April Air. And I really see the new normal when people are thinking health mm -hmm. is a MERV 11 is nice, but a MERV 16 is the virus one. That's the one that you need to put in. Yeah. And the thing that the unfortunate thing is, is people, at least our clientele, they're seeing is if you say MERV anything, they assume it's healthy. So you can yeah. say MERV 6 and they're like, okay, cool. It's a MERV filter. So that means <laughs> we're good. And, and they don't realize that, that no, no, we're, we're not looking for boulder catchers. We're looking for a MERV 16 type filter. Uh, right. and, and it's very important for the contractor to uh, educate the customer. The thing that I see the most often is, um, for one, fear of being sued. Uh, and two, just the fear of ignorance of like not really knowing what you're talking about. So you'd rather just not offer it at all. So you're right. like, uh, I don't know if MERV 11's not really that much. I don't know if MERV 16 is that much better than MERV 11. So I'm just going to say, I don't know. I'm just going to say MERV 11 is good enough and just ride that. Um, what, what would you say to that? Like, how, how do we get educated? I mean, I know the, what your website and obviously aprilairpartners.com, everybody needs to go there and, and become educated. But also, is there something else or is that going to be your best bet? 
No, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. For example, like uh, on April Air Partners, we do two live Nate webinars every single month. The whole world is invited. They're all recorded. There's seven or eight recorded trainings that talk about MERV 11, MERV 13, MERV 16, pressure drop, microns. I mean, you're right, Tersh. It's, it's knowledge, and knowledge is power, and the people that don't have the knowledge they just put their tail between their legs and they offer the worst thing possible. But, you know, it's not 1983 anymore. MERV 16 filters are really, really good. And the old days of coils freezing up and, you know, heat exchangers cracking. No, no. You know, 1980 called and wanted that technology back. Hello, things are much better. And I'm telling you, in the new normal, the guys starting their businesses in about two months, you need to be on top of that because homeowners are going to beat you up for health more than anything. Health is going to matter more than price, more than temperature control, more than energy savings. And if you can't talk that story, some dude is going to eat your lunch on a quote that has that on there. So you need to learn to survive. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to price lower to win jobs because the guy that understands that, the, the lady that understands that, that's a sales service expert and goes into the home and presents all of the, the benefits and features of indoor air quality, they're going to get the system sale, you know, over you because even if you're changing out a system at, for five or $6,000 and they're changing it out for $16,000, you know, they're, they're still going to get system replacements over yep. you because they can, they can talk the talk. They understand it. They need to, you need to educate yourself over and above just going to the classes when they're offered at Baker's or Mingledorf's or train or whatever, you know, you, you need to make sure you're educating yourself in your off time also. And, and I feel like that's extremely important uh, as far as, do you have any other resources for learning? I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I'll be guilty. I'm guilty. I will admit I haven't been to aprilairpartners.com, at least not recently. I went one time a while back and I was overwhelmed with it, I think, but um, not recently. So th there's a lot of training on there. I mean, the, well, there's a lot of video training. There's a lot of unboxing and installing and setup training. And, you know, yeah, there's stuff for business owners as far as how to market and merchandise and grow your business and, you know, co-op dollars and stuff. But there's also a lot of meat and potatoes on there for guys that want to know how to wire a control, how you slide an air cleaner in there. And the other thing that Tom and the marketing guys have done is we now have lit up YouTube. If you want, I mean, you, everybody in the world uses YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, go in and say, April Air Model 700 humidifier. There's going to be unboxings, setup videos, and anybody can watch that stuff on their phone. I mean, you can lead a horse, right? But it's all <laughs> yeah. out there, guys. It ain't hard to find. So tell me this. If they have a choice, if they have to choose between uh, UV light and a just a 201 filter, what what are we going to do there? Well, first of all, they're not going to put in a 201 because that – that is like 1983. That's old fashioned. We, <laughs> boy, you haven't been in a game for a while with us, brother. Uh, hey, I think that I might have a 201 installed <laughs> in my unit. Yeah, <laughs> that's an old Merv. Look, it was a good piece. It was a Merv 10 back in the day. It's re been replaced by, you know, what's called a 213 and a 210. But um, I don't know why there would be a choice between the two. I mean, if it's, if it's $1,200 or $2,000, you guys, you got to give the customer the choice to say yes or no. Don't make that decision for them. And if it's a matter of I can only afford one, 
Well, look, me personally, I do know that the UVC and the germicidal and the PCO stuff will kill a virus and it'll get rid of some bacteria, but I know it won't catch all the crud and the junk that's covering the coil. You know, David Richardson at the, uh, um, at the uh, National, uh, uh, National Comfort Institute, he did a study that said if you get an eighth of an inch of crud on the blower blades, on a, on a blower motor, you lose 30% of the efficiency. Yep. And I mean, this is ridiculous. So I guess the first thing to do is stick a filter on there and at least give them the efficiency of the equipment you promised them. And remember, filters capture 96% you know, of the germs and the viruses anyway. So yeah, I would say the filter, but you know, that's just where I would go. And that, that, look, I'm not bashing the UV lights. I mean, I know installers love to put them in because you drill a hole, you shove it in, you take the check and you're done. And, and I get that. But I guess to answer your question, Tersh, I'd go with the high quality filter first. Now the filter, so especially right now, can yeah. you speak to the filter, the proper handling of the filter because if we're changing filters like even guys that are changing filters you're changing your april air filters that are on a rooftop package you know two a two inch filter whatever um and uh that could have the virus in the filter like and it's not dead like, well actually you know a lot, that comes up a lot dude that's an okay. awesome question so you know, I, I've been giving webinars all week talking about that. And look, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, but I do know <laughs> a lot about- at a Holiday Inn Express last night? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I do know a lot about this thing. Now, here's the deal. The coronavirus, the COVID-19, um, it's not really a living thing per se. It's not a living organism. It's a DNA molecule, and it's surrounded by a layer of fat. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when the fat disappears, like when you wash your hands or whatever, the, 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 it, it decays on its own. So the only way that it's living is if it gets in contact with a human cell or an animal cell and it replicates and it mutates and it does all sorts of horrible stuff. But the decay rate is anywhere from a day to about six to 10 days, whatever. The point is if you trap it in MERV 16 jail and you don't let it get near you know, your, a filter, it's pretty much dead after six to 10 days. So you don't have a problem taking that thing out and throwing it in a filter because it's not a living thing. It's got a natural decay rate based on temperature and RH. So the trick is to put a humidifier and a dehumidifier in somebody's house and put them in a sweet spot because then the things can't live to begin with. So I, I don't know if that answered your what question. Is that, what is that sweet spot? What is that the, the humidity level? The CDC, World Health Organization, everybody's screaming 45 to 60% RH, uh -huh. which is perfect. If you look uh -huh. at the bell curve, those viruses love 20% and they love 80%, but you get them to 50% and they croak. I mean, they only last like a couple of hours. So the, oh, the trick is to get them at that sweet spot and avoid that ever happening to a homeowner. Here in South Georgia, you get to a house to 50, 50%, like everybody in the house is loving you. They're worshiping the ground you're walking on. Well, you know, down there, brother, we sell so many April Air whole home dehumidifiers running to the return duct work. We can get a house at 50% and they're not having to overcool it. So it's like an yeah. icebox, for God's sake. I mean, you right. can really drop that RH, but that's where the, the virus disappears at 50%. It's almost non-existent. So in your neck of the woods, brother, you need dehumidifiers. Uh -huh. And up here, we need humidifiers. So are you finding, okay, so with their, with the April Air dehumidifier, because um, I've had this question before also is uh how much should i expect my electric bill to go up with it 
Actually, you know, a lot of people ask that in, in the beginning, and the answer is, is really two answers. One, A, you're going to rate, remember, for every 4% RH you change in that condition space, you pick up a one degree. So if I can drop 20% RH in their living room, which you can do in Savannah, mm-hmm. that's five degrees, and the EPA says we save about, I don't know, four to six percent on our energy bill. So we're, we're kind of making a wash there. But in the beginning month, when you're drying all the wood out and the carpet and the drywall, yeah, you're probably going to go off 50 bucks in that first month. But you know what? After that, once you level off, man, it's so much more comfortable at such a higher temperature and people start to see an energy savings on their bill. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you just learn how to talk to a homeowner about it, plus here's the thing, brother, that AC lasts a whole lot longer, man, because it's not cycling off and on 14 times a day. Yeah, totally. Now, how about this? Do you see uh, with the new inverter technology coming out so so much, like with your trains and having 750 speeds, are you seeing the uh, less use of the uh, dehumidifiers because it's it's able to slow the speed down and, and do that? Well, it, it can, and, and it's, it's a it's a good try. I mean, look, the best thing is a dehumidifier, right? right. Yeah. So it, it's a law of nature says you cannot change relative humidity without lowering temperature. It's impossible. So, yeah, they're still lowering the temperature. They're just doing it a little bit lower. You yeah. know, some of the old-fashioned ones would tell you it was a different reading on the thermostat <laughs> than it really was, and you're freezing your butt off. Yeah. Um, the real answer is to throw a dehumidifier in there. And then our dehumidifiers are pretty smart. You just tie them into the Y circuit so that the compressor doesn't kick on on an AC call. If the AC is doing a good job, which is, you know, taking, taking out one ton of, or one pound of water per ton per hour, then don't run the dehumidifier with the AC. But in the morning and in the, in the evening, in the spring and in the fall, when the AC is not running, you keep the house like this versus this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, use them with any type of equipment. Now with those, do you ever bring in outside of air with those or do you need a, do you need to use a completely different ERV or, or uh, HRV? You know, I, I wish I would have gave you a dollar for asking that question because you know what, <laughs> down where you live, brother, that's yeah. exactly what they do. The, okay. the, you know, I don't want this to sound like an April or infomercial, <laughs> but it's, this is going to be our dehumidifiers have the ability to do two zones. So you could have like a crawl space separate from a bedroom. So you open and close a set of dampers. But what they do with the second zone is they bring in a six inch pipe and they put in a normally closed powered open damper. And they say, hey, man, for 10 minutes of every hour, open up the damper and pull in, you know, 300 CFM of fresh air. And then they put the house under positive pressure, which is smart. It's makeup air. And by the way, it's a dehumidifier. So if it's too humid out there, it dehumidifies the air before it dumps it onto the coil. So yeah, a lot of guys use dehumidifier zone two for fresh fresh air ventilation. A lot of the crawl space and the basement remediation guys, they do that exclusively. It's a good call. I like that because, it, and also you're, it, it helps out with indoor air quality also because it's bringing in fresh air and getting rid of the the formaldehyde and all the, the byproducts of the natural byproducts inside of your house and everything like that. Yeah, we, uh, I was quoting ASHRAE this morning, ASHRAE, you know, ASHRAE and CDC got together on a 2005 report. It's page 13, by the way. They said that the single best multi-prong healthy air solution is ventilating, air cleaning, and humidifying. But they said, and ventilation alone is the single best prong solution. By putting a house under positive pressure, 
from a point that you choose when to bring it in, how to bring it in, how long to bring it in, and forcing the envelope of the home to be a positive pressure. All the horrible stuff is leaking out. The off-gassing, the VOCs, all that junk versus um, you know, exhaust ventilation. Now, now, the HVAC guys out there, we didn't do that. It was the damn electricians. They put in bathroom fans, fans. and 400 <laughs> CFM range hoods that are literally <laughs> making the house suck in the worst air from the worst spots. Mm-hmm. You know, we tried to fix it with ERVs, which are pretty good if you can figure out how to balance them, but right. half the industry couldn't balance them, you know, to <laughs> save their life, and now they're horrible. And they're expensive. So supply ventilation is just a fan in a box with a timer blowing it in. That's what April Air does. That's awesome because here at Code, if you spray foam, you have to have fresh air coming in. So um, a lot of times people were putting in ERVs and and HRVs. And I think that this method would be much, much better use of of that, uh, that fresh air coming in. And like you said, like a lot of people don't realize it, but when they're running that bathroom exhaust fan or that the hood van in their kitchen, unless it's a recirculate recirculation hood, uh, it's, it's blowing all that conditioned fresh air, clean air that you've cleaned or potentially cleaned is blowing it out. And then it's sucking it all in through all these other cracks. And uh, whereas you could have some, something like this and creating the positive pressure and, uh, and, and, filtering it and so would you filter it before it hit the the dehumidifier or would you put it right there at the return like normal like well if if we're talking about a using a fresh air ventilator which is a little box that we have that has its own mervade filter the dehumidifier has a mervade filter but it doesn't matter because you're going to dump those both into the return they're always going into the return ductwork then it's going to go through the real filter the 13 or the 16 Um, But the neat thing about using the April Air Fresh Air ventilators is you have outdoor temperature lockouts. You can say if it's too hot or too cold, don't bring any air in. And you have indoor RH lockouts. If the RH is too high, don't bring any fresh air in. So we'll make up the time at the end of the day. But by having high and low lockouts and an RH lockout, it's really a good piece. Because here's the problem. You have a fresh air ventilator. And it's, you know, 89% humidity out in Savannah and it's raining and that thing's sucking in air. I guarantee you that air conditioner is going to freak out and you're going to get a trouble call. So mm-hmm. by having a lockout for RH, you're like, hey, don't do it now, but make the time up later at the end of the day. That's what's really smart about the ventilator is that logic that locks it out on temperature and RH. And it's a simple little control. Now, is that control able to be done remotely like Bluetooth or is it? right in the system itself no what guys do is they just take it and they stick it right on the return because you want to measure the rh in the house in the home yeah so yeah and then you know a lot of guys will hook those up to our control thermostats our thermostats have all that cool logic already in them so the homeowner just sits back and they play on their phone and they can do it all right from their phone they can see the rh on it on it from the absolutely they can get a warning they can freak out they can change stuff um it's, it's pretty cool and we see a lot of we're seeing a lot of interest now in the new business normal. I mean, let's face it, Tersh, we are HVAC, okay? We're not hack heating air conditioning. We're heating ventilation and air conditioning. It's in our freaking name, you guys. So mm-hmm. we need to start talking about fresh air ventilation because it's who we are. It's so it's so hilarious. You can go to a supply house and ask a, ask a, a green-ish guy, maybe he's been doing it for two or three years, what's the V stand for? Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's I, like air conditioning, and you like hear them making up crazy shit. It's like, man, that's scary. Hey, saw. I had a contractor after a webinar. He sent me a thing. He goes, you know what HVAC, HVAC is going to stand for in a year? It's going to stand for humidifying, ventilating, and air cleaning, brother. That's exactly what people are going to need. Oh yeah, we can heat and cool your house too. Yeah, so that's that's byproduct. the new normal, man. Yeah, I agree. And especially for contractors who are um, looking to further the industry and further like just in general uh, and not just try and stick their, you know, like stick their head in the mud, be an ostrich and, and like hopefully this passes by and because they're going to, they're the ones that are going to get passed, passed up for sure. Well, they are. And, you know, if you're a business owner and you understand what adding an additional revenue stream to your business is or what a profit center is, or if you know how to measure and use KPIs, all these accessories lend themselves to all the KPI measurement growth you can do in your industry. And I will tell you, um, I hate to say it, but this whole coronavirus thing, I'm reading stuff, it ain't done. It could come back in the fall. Yeah. And if it comes back in the fall, it could be even worse and the whole idea of selling humidifiers in the fall, you know what? Forget it. There's no such thing as a humidifier season. It's on an AC tune-up, an AC change-out, a furnace, it, it clean and check. Whatever you do, you sell a humidifier because the idea of letting a house get too dry is the mistake. And if this thing gets really crappy like it is now, we're all sitting home doing webinars, who's going to be putting the humidifiers in people's houses when the mm -hmm. industry shuts down again? So. I would say the best way to sell an air conditioner this summer, include a humidifier and tell them why they're going to need it and charge an extra eight or $900 and finance the thing. It's $15 more a month. That's how you sell an air conditioner. Now with that, uh, how loud are those compressors? Are they like, uh, no. I, ima I imagine the, uh, the dehumidifiers. With oh, they're, they're quiet. They're like, I think they're like 56 to 57 dB. It's the same size. It's the same sound as a modulating furnace running. They're really quite quiet. And if you put some flex duct on them, cause down there, what you do is you always come out of the return duct and you go back into the return duct about six feet apart. So what you're doing is you're making it pretty darn quiet, but you're really dumping our uh, air back into that uh, return. That's at like 30, 33% RH. Then again, you run it over the AC coil and you take out the tiny bit of heat. It, there's really no BTU load added with a dehumidifier. It's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit warmer, but it's a lot drier. Yeah. So actually, there's really not a lot of sound there at all when you put insulated flex duct on. A lot of guys do that. I'm just wondering if if somebody puts one above like a bedroom, like a master bedroom or something, they, they need to be cautious not to have it anywhere close to a master bedroom for sleeping. Um, you know, I know that guys are putting those little sorbethane feet, you know, those absorption yeah. feet on the bottom and those little pop-ups that they put heat pumps on. Yeah. And that seems to solve a lot of the problem. They really aren't that loud. And remember, they don't run that much. I mean, initially in the first 30 days, because the only way you're going to dry out that house is if you dry out the kitchen table, the floors, the walls, because the RH is in all the wood. The average 2,000 square foot home down in Savannah weighs five tons more in the summer than the house weighs in the winter. So you got to get that out first. But once you get there, it's like an air conditioner. It just comes on a little bit when it needs to. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I haven't heard anybody say the noise was really objectionable. I'm sure if you put it right next to your easy chair, like a dummy, it's right. going to be too loud, but yeah. you know, you can't cure dumb, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you can't fix stupid. That's for <laughs> sure. 
Cool. Is there anything I didn't ask you that we should, we should definitely touch on? Um, no, I, I just, I, I, I think you really do a good service to the industry. I mean, we can sit and talk about products and widgets all day, <laughs> but when we come out of this guys, if you don't have a plan and if you're not looking at how to address what clearly 300 million Americans find as important and you just keep going to low price air conditioning. I'm just telling you what, you know, you can do that, but somebody's going to eat your lunch in, in the new normal. It's not going to be business as usual. So educate yourself, take the time to learn. Look, there's some good news, right? We, you know, it's been really crappy news for five weeks. We're starting to hear some good things. The economy might open. Hell, you guys, I heard that they may start the NFL season again. Now they're going to play games without fans in the stadiums, which is kind of like going to a Cleveland's Browns game. But the whole <laughs> point is um, things are going to get better and you have to be ready for the new normal. So I appreciate what you do reaching out to contractors. Um, if you guys want full-blown webinars to learn about this, go to aprilairpartners.com. We're giving one. I'm giving one every day this week. It's an hour, and I guarantee it'll be the best hour you ever spent other than listening to this cat's podcast. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Thank you. Uh, one, one last question. Um, the UV lights close to the proximity of the air filter, like you, mm -hmm. you see that one filter where it comes out, it's nothing but wires. <laughs> yeah like UV lights completely destroyed it uh is that is the new filters are they safer to be used around the air filter or yes we used to be one of those filters we learned our lesson oh. <laughs> so by changing the composition of the plastic and by making it a different color they are uv resistant because a lot of guys were sticking them right by right by the air cleaner mm -hmm. or they were putting them right by the humidifier instead of above the coil where it was supposed to go. Right. But yes, um, Tom, is it not all of our plastics now are all UV resistant. So put them in together as a complete package. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Cause here we have, you know, we have our a holes that sit at the bottom of our air handlers and then the filters usually sitting right below it. And so yep. it's like it, you're, it's, they stick it right in the middle of the a hole in that little, that metal a section. And then that, so that light shines straight down onto the filter itself. And Absolutely. No, don't, not a worry anymore. You guys, not a worry at all. Perfect. Cool, man. I appreciate, I appreciate both of y'all coming on the show and, uh, and I, I thank you for all the information you shared. And I hope everybody got that's listening to this or watching this, got some information out of it and, and tons of knowledge. And I know I did for sure. And, uh, especially what, uh, our indoor air quality packages and what we can offer to our clients, uh, to at the bare minimum, what we're going to be offering to the clients. And, uh, if anybody has any questions, the best place to reach out to y'all is that, that, website is that correct yeah aprilairpartners.com or i could give you tom ruse's personal cell phone number <laughs> give them your number <laughs> only if they can call at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> no the partner site we're pretty good we're all over it you send us something matter of fact if any of you guys out there are like hey man i want some real training you can send an email and it's support at aprilair.com and say this is where i live this is how many guys i got this is what i want to know We'll have one of our live trainers call you and do live WebEx trainings just like this. Don't cost you nothing because we need to help you be more successful in the home. And that's that's kind of our mantra, man. I love it, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate that. Uh, you just don't even know. But with that being said, 
thank you again for listening to or watching this episode of the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me, Tersh at serviceemperor.com, or don't forget to visit aprilairpartners.com for more information. Until next week, I hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll talk again soon.